All right, welcome, my fantastic friends. Welcome to this episode. If you're listening to this on the podcast, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, I thank you for listening to this through YouTube. Thank you, thank you very much. So I know this channel, my content is based on motivation and mental health, but a huge other side of me is I'm a big fan of MMA, I'm a big fan of UFC, I find it very entertaining. And I believe that the psychology of fighting in and of itself gets overlooked a lot. It looks like two bums fighting each other, but when you look into it, there's a lot more aspects to it. So I think for an entertainment aspect, it's good to cover my own interest level, I think it's good to cover. And maybe you learn a thing or two that uh, might surprise you. So my friends, if you were living under a rock UFC 251 happened last night okay now you know that might not be your cup of tea you might like golf that's fine we like this so basically today we're just gonna be reviewing everything that happened last night we're gonna be starting from the main event of the prelims and then going down to the main card so basically uh, I started watching UFC a few years ago um, it wasn't until Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor got really big that we got hooked on so without further ado we can get into it so the first thing that I saw was the main event on the prelims, which was this guy by the name of, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Yuri or Jiri versus Volkan. Now, the reason why I saw this fight, I wasn't going to actually, I was going to skip right to the main card. I saw this guy by the name of Yuri. He had 26 wins and three losses, and he was making his UFC debut. So I'm like, okay, we got to check this guy out. And I'm checking him out, right? And, and this was in the light heavyweight division, so the division of John Jones. And he's moving, man. He's looking slick. He's looking good. And I was like, damn, man, he's debuting. He's got 26 wins, three losses. That's phenomenal. And on commentary, uh, you know, not to mind you, this is a pretty big pay-per-view because this is the first time that they're doing a fight island, Abu Dhabi. It's a huge deal, right? When you have places like NBA and, and these other sports, these other organizations who are shut down, Dana White's like, no problem. We'll just go, you know, put it on an island. So absolutely boss move. Anyways, um, you know, Michael Bisping says, yeah, this guy, Jerry, apparently was offered a UFC contract many years ago and he turned it down. He said, hey, when I show up to the UFC, I don't just want to win one, lose one, win one, lose one. I want to dominate. So I'm going to turn it down and I'll come back later. It reminded me a little bit of Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya, when he started fighting, if I'm recalling correctly, from the very beginning, he wanted to go to the UFC, but he didn't. He actually went into kickboxing. You can go on YouTube, type in Israel Adesanya kickboxing. He's got an unbelievable record. We're talking something like 74 wins and maybe four losses. Like, oh, freaking believable. So then he comes to the UFC and now you're surprised that he's 19 and 0 in the UFC. It's nuts, man. It's absolutely nuts. So anyways, I'm seeing this guy, and the first thing that I noticed was in the first round, this just uh, Jiri guy, he's being a little, I don't want to say cocky, but he's, he's having fun in there, but when he's having fun, he's dropping his hands. He's keeping his hands down to his waist, and he, and he gets hit a few times, a few clean times. You know, I feel like it was one of those instances where you're trying to have fun, you're trying to put on a show, and you're trying to win, but eventually it's costing you. And whenever I see people hands down to their waist, my immediate thought is like, all right, dude, either you're an Anderson Silva expert, or you're a rookie who's trying to play it cool. Either way, it can get dangerous. Even if you're an Anderson Silva expert, check out Anderson Silva versus Chris Weidman. That didn't go too well when you have your hands too low. Jiri knocks out Volkan 49 seconds into the second round. It was a very nice knockout. If you're for that stuff, go check it out. The thing that's interesting was Jiri actually threw less strikes. He had a total of 33 strikes while Volkan had 44 strikes. Overall, whenever I see a big, tall uh, guy who moves really well in the lightweight division, I get super excited because I feel like it's an awesome opponent for John Jones. John Jones usually has the reach advantage, usually has the height advantage, so it's interesting to see someone of that kind of caliber going up into that. So then, we move into the main card. In the main card, we have Paige Van Zandt versus Amanda Ribas. So, uh, originally, I haven't seen too much of either of these ladies, so this was kind of my first ex exposure to both of them. Unfortunately, or fortunately for Amanda, it was a pretty quick one. They got into it. I, I think there were barely any strikes thrown, less than 20 between them. It goes down to the ground. It's a scramble. Amanda beautifully transitions really, really well into an armbar. 
we get the tap. I was kind of worried a little bit for Paige there because there's a position where uh, Paige's hand is just in a location where the ref is on the other side of their body. So when she's tapping, the ref doesn't see. He has to run around. And I'm going like, Jesus, man, because you can see an arm snap. And your hope is that the ref sees the tap and he comes in. Anyways, all went well. And unfortunately for Miss Paige Van Zandt, this was her last fight. This was her last contract with the UFC. So it's going to be interesting to see if they let her go or, you know, what, what the deal and situation is for her. So not too much to say about that. Then we have these two absolute gangsters and Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas. These ladies went to war. My goodness. Now, I'm a huge Rose fan and uh, I had seen their last fight where, where Jessica drops Rose on her head. And I was like, man, this is crazy. I can't wait to see them go at it again. And Rose looked good. Rose looked really good, especially in rounds one or two. She looked phenomenal. She was moving well. She was sticking the jab. She was really using her, um, what's the word, her, her range to her advantage. And um, Jessica, right, would come in, try to close the distance. Lots of head movement, lots of head movement, lots of agility. They were both going and beating each other, tearing each other up. At the end, the total strikes thrown for Rose, it was 82 to 79, so it was, it was close. Um, it was, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was just, it was a lot of shots. It was a lot of output. And eventually what ended up happening is Rose Namajunas ended up winning by split decision. Or was it just by decision? Split decision or decision? I do not remember. Anyways, Rose won. That's all that you got to think about. And was it a close fight? Yes. Could there be a third fight in the future? Definitely. I think whenever you have one person win one, the other person win another, you want to see a third fight. And that fight is one, my friends, I would highly recommend to check out. Rose is a very entertaining person to watch. So then we come to one of our main events, I know there's a main event and a co-main event, but this could, this is easily another main event. Pet, uh, Peter Jan versus Jose Aldo. Now, anyone who watches UFC knows that Jose Aldo is, is you know, up there. He's, you're, you could argue he's out of his prime now, but he, he's still one of the top guys in his division. And, uh, you know, Jan is one of these super up-and-coming guys. I believe Jan only has one loss. He, he has a wonderful record, something like 14-1 or 15-1 coming into this one. So I knew what to expect. I had a bit of an idea what Jose Aldo was going to bring to the table. I had no idea about Jan. They get started. Jan has some incredibly fast hands. I mean, he's thrown, and, and Jose is fast, too. I mean, for, for his age, how old is Jose Aldo? Jose Aldo age. Ozil's 33 years old. Man, that's insane. 33 is still young to think he's been doing this for so long. Anyways, they're both in there and they're so quick. But then, um, you know, there's a part, I believe it was the end of round one, where uh, Jan ends up on top of him, does a little bit of ground and pound. And then you start to see, you know, little by little, uh, he just, he gets the better of him. He gets the better, a better shot here, a better shot there, a little bit quicker here, a little bit smoother combination there. And I think, you know, Jan just had... Um, his strikes were just, I don't know if they were just quicker or better accuracy, maybe a combination of the both, but the stats read the total strikes, Jan has 258, landing 69% of uh, 376 total strikes thrown to Jose Aldo's 83. So even though when he looked at the fight, like that's a crazy stat, 258 strikes to 83 strikes, like that's insane. But um, you know, when you see the fight, it looked like they were moving well, but it just kept going Jan's way. It just kept going Jan's way. Unfortunately, the biggest piece from this, in my opinion, is not just how good Jan was, but it was the finish. If you guys saw the finish, you'll notice that, in my mind, the way that I understood the rules of the UFC, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was when, when you have a person who's down or whatever, right? You can do knockout, TKO, or submission. With respect to TKO, you hit someone to the point where they can't defend themselves anymore. So people have argued, oh, if he's moving, if he's fighting for position, that's a different story. But if you have someone who's just covering up and he's just taking shot after shot after shot, it was three unanswered shots, three unanswered shots, you wipe your hands and you walk your way. Now, Jose Aldo, he's getting punched once, twice, three times, four. He gets six or seven shots and he's just staying there. And I remember thinking like, like step in, step in. I shouted at the TV. I was like, step in, it's done, it's done, it's done. The ref doesn't step in and he's punching him. And just, I mean, to make it a little bit kind of gray, you see Jose Aldo moving. He, now he's not, 
trying to grab anything. He's just moving around his position on the ground, but he's still getting beat up. And man, how many unanswered shots? I'm trying to think. Maybe, let's see, does it say? Distance, clinch. 86 times he was hit on the ground. 86 significant strikes, mind you. So there were ones that landed clean, not, not you know, uh, the ones that just barely touch you. 86 times hit cleanly on the ground. Um, and, uh, you know, Jan really just, just had his way with him. Again, Jose Aldo looked good, but, but Jan is rightfully... Um, he, he deserves to be in that spot. I think he proved it tonight. I think he won a lot of fans over. He won me over as a fan. And uh, yeah, man, it was, it was just that stoppage. A lot of people on Twitter were like, dude, what the hell? You know, why don't you step in earlier? And I think the ref had this fear of like, oh, I don't want to stop it too early. But the worst case is, man, you step in too late and someone gets seriously hurt. Overall, phenomenal fight. Peter Jan and Jose Aldo, great late stoppage. That sucked, but it is what it is. And by the way, that did finish in round five and it was a, a TKO. So now we get to the co-main event. The co-main event was Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen the first fight. It was a very fun fight. It was very competitive. I would argue, like, like many people would also argue, that uh, Alexander won that fight. He won that fight convincingly. I'm hesitating on saying dominated because dominated, you think he whipped him through the entire fight. When in reality, I think they were neck and neck and Alex was just one step ahead. His strikes were just a little bit stronger. He was a little bit faster. He was connecting a little bit more. His leg kicks were tearing up Holloway so he couldn't move that way. I think he was one ahead. Now, in this fight, actually what happened was it went all five rounds. These men fought for 25 minutes and the decision went to Alex. Alex ended up retaining his title. My own personal belief was that Holloway won this fight. I thought Holloway did enough to, to, to win it back. Now, I thought Alex fought really, really well. You know, he was doing those same leg kicks that he did earlier. I think Max was doing a really good job with the combinations, really good job with his jab. Again, using his reach, using his height and everything that has for him. Just to read you guys a couple of stats, it was 139 total strikes landed for Alex as opposed to 111 for Mr. Max Holloway. Three takedowns secured by Alex. Now, here's the thing that can be a little bit deceiving, right? You'll hear, oh, you know, he landed three takedowns. And you said, well, then that's great. How many did Max land? Zero. But then if I tell you he tried to take Max down six other times, but he failed. So I can say Alex landed three takedowns. I can also say Max defended six takedowns. I can tell you also, let's say out of those two takedowns, Max immediately got back up. So what is a takedown worth really? You know, what if you take him down, you don't do any damage and he pops right back up? Like, what is that? How much is that worth? You know, I feel like that's when you get into the, um, the, the gray areas of... Um, of, of MMA, of this sport. Kind of an interesting stat for people who are wanting significant strikes to different parts of the body. Alex hit Max in the face or in the head 64 times and he hit him in the leg 67 times in that 25 minutes. Gee, like, good God, I thought it's a lot of amount of strikes. You almost think I'm making that up. Like, it, it's insane. Um, but again, just a very interesting fight, a very entertaining fight, a very close fight. You know, I wouldn't call it a robbery if you said that Alex won, but I really thought, man, Holloway came away with rounds. Oh, I'm trying to remember now. It gets murky. With one, rounds one and two, I believed Alex had round four. Man, I believe round three was super close, but I would have still given it to Holloway. I would have given it to Holloway 3-2. Some people gave it to Alex 2-2. Obviously, the judges gave it away to Alex. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. Phenomenal fight, phenomenal fighters. And that brings us to the main event, ladies and gentlemen, what we are here for, Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. So the big hype about this was, what was it, seven days ago? It was supposed to be Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns was a prospect, great rising star, no disrespect, no one really knows him, right? To be fair, I wouldn't have really known him for if I wasn't like an MMA geek. So then Jorge Masvidal steps in. And you gotta understand, this is one of the hottest guys in the UFC right now, right? Everything just, like opportunities were given to him and he knocked him out of the park. Knocked out Darren Till. 
Fastest knockout with Ben Askren. He had a title essentially made for him and Diaz, and he, and he finished Nate Diaz. Or he didn't finish him, but he, he whooped him for three rounds, right? Can we say that? So he's on top of the world. He steps in against Usman on a six days notice. And um, I don't know if there was anyone who really expected Masvidal to dominate. In my mind, I was like, this is either going to be a close one or Usman is probably going to like ragdoll him. Both of these guys were talking a lot of trash. One thing, I don't know how I feel about Usman is, in one sense, he'll come out and he'll be like, oh, I don't believe in trash talking. I, I don't like trash talking. And then he'll talk a boatload of trash. Like, this guy's not in my league. I'm going to take him down whenever I want. He can't hold a candle in me. I was like, dude, I don't have any problem with trash talking in terms of promoting a fight. But it's like, if you're going to trash talk, own it. Conor McGregor style. Like, you trash talk until, you know, the cows come home. But if you don't want to trash talk, man, don't trash talk. Take the GSP route. Take the Anderson Silver route. Don't play the in-between. Don't do the John Jones where you want to be the good citizen, the good role model, but then you test positive for cocaine. You know, like, just, just pick one, man. If you want to be the bad guy, be the bad guy. Do your thing. Anyways, man, this fight starts. I was super excited. So in Usman, you have a guy who's, who's an amazing wrestler, right? Huge championship caliber wrestler, Jorge Masvidal. He can wrestle. He's, he's a solid wrestler too, but he's, he's known for his boxing. His boxing is very clean. As soon as the fight started, my mind was like, okay, is Usman going to shoot immediately? Or how confident does he feel in the stand-up? And actually, Usman stood there for a while. Or he's hitting him with kicks. Eventually, he catches a kick. They go down. And I think this is such a pivotal moment because uh, Masvidal gets back up without taking too much damage on the ground. From a psychology aspect, if you're a wrestler and you take someone down and they pop off like that, you're thinking, okay, like that has to do something to your confidence and to your self-esteem levels. And I believe it was before round two or before round one, out of the six takedown attempts, Jorge Masvidal, Defended five of them. Five of them. I believe it was before round two, before round three. And then Usman just started taking a bunch, taking him down at will later on because he's getting tired. He's getting fatigued. Overall, it's the first round I thought was very, very close. And then in rounds two, three, and four, and even five, what you saw Usman doing was a lot of pinning him against the cage. And when he's pinning him against the cage, he's stomping on the toes. He's punching him in the thigh. He's shouldering him in the chin. He's punching him in the gut. Now, to a lot of people, it can be looked like hugging. It can be looked like, you know, a boring way to win, if you will. But, um, at the end of the day, man, it's like, you know, it's tough because you want to entertain the fans, but you also want to win, right? You want to do both. And it's, you know, you want to go out there and do the spinning heel kicks and be fancy and this and that. But at the end of the day, man, you, you want to bring money home. You want to be able to pay rent and pay for the groceries. So you got to get that W, you know, and, and was it super entertaining, man? To be honest with you, probably not. You know, maybe if you know a little bit of grappling, you could get some more out of it because you understand how he's leaning his body on him and you can see the little things that are going on. But um, I really think, you know, if, if you're Usman, you got to understand, if you're a wrestler, and if you stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with this guy, and you feel like you're getting clipped, you feel like he's tagging you, you have to be stupid to stand in front of him. Like, duh, like, obviously you want to take him down. Like, or, sorry, he tried to take him down a few times, and he, and he failed, so that's why you want to push him against the cage. You want to smother him, you want to tire him, you want to fatigue him, and then from the cage, Khabib style, you take him down. My friends, this whole ground and pound thing is not the most exciting, right? But it works. Look at Khabib. Look at, you know, John Jones' earlier fights. He would take down guys a lot. Look at George St. Pierre when he used to fight. You take down guys a lot, right? Sometimes you have these quote-unquote exciting fighting styles like an Anderson Silva, like an Israel Adesanya, like Conor McGregor. They're super fun to watch. But man, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, the only thing is with fights like this, I understand why Usman... Oh man, it's tough because I was going to say like not be a huge, huge star, but look at GSP. This is, he made a career off of this ground and pound. Look at Khabib, look at what he's doing to people, you know? So um, I really think there's a beauty to it. I really think there's an art to it, but but the majority of it really was Kamaru Usman pinning Jorge to the, to the cage. Now, when you're talking about damage done, man, every punch to the thigh, every foot stomp, every gut, it wasn't crazy significant, but the problem is it builds up. And then on paper, when he just keeps smacking you, very uh, Nate Diaz style in the sense of the volume just over and over again, when I read you the total strikes, Jorge Masvidal in 25 minutes has 88 
total strikes, while Kamaru Usman has 263. 88 strikes to 263. And those are just all those delicious. So imagine on paper, those add up, right? Um, it was very exciting. It's very exciting. It's, um, and you know, when I say exciting, I just mean it was exciting because you have these two amazing superstars in there together. But the moment I think in the second round or the third round when he pinned him against the cage, immediately I went, okay, this is working well. Usman's gonna do this for the rest of the round. I was kind of expecting that. So if you're casual and, and you were, you know, looking to get a crazy cool knockout on this, I totally get why you think it's a boring fight and he just hugged him for 25 minutes. Hey man, I get it, it is what it is. But from a person who, if you take a step back, you understand the psychology, you understand well, you're a wrestler. When you stand with Jorge, Jorge he might knock you out. You better take him down. Bring him into your world. Make him uncomfortable. It made sense to me. You know, it made total sense. It'd be weird if he didn't, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, and then overall, by decision, it goes to the fifth round. 25 minutes are over, and, and the, the judges unanimously put up Usman as the winner, and nobody disagreed. Everybody thought that Usman won that fight, um, and we just we can't wait to run it back. Now the question comes, what happens? Well, what happens after UFC 251? What happens to all these cool guys, right? What, what, do, what do we do? You know, I think Jorge's got so many other matchups he can do. He can do the DS fight again if he wanted to. He could fight a young gentleman by the name of Leon Edwards, who's an up-and-coming prospect. He can go and fight Colby Covington. So super, super exciting stuff. And, um, you know, the, the big thing with this stuff is you never know, man. You never know who's going to step in last minute. You never know what kind of fights you're going to see. You never know what kind of finishes you're going to see. And really, it is just so fascinating seeing these high-level athletes, these world-class fighters who are being paid. I don't know who said this, but they're being paid to separate you from your consciousness. And they're doing moves that you can't do without years and years of training. And they're in there and the deception and the fakes and, and the different pace that they put on you. It is very fascinating from an entertainment standpoint and I would argue from an educational psychology standpoint. Hey, my friends, I hope you enjoyed. This has been UFC 251 Review and Recap, where yours truly Daniel Daniel teaches. Have an absolutely sensational day and maybe we'll do this again in the future. Take care.